This is Jan Swift, and you're listening to Discover Lafayette, a podcast dedicated to the people and rich culture of Lafayette, the gateway to South Louisiana. I'd like to thank our sponsors who make our podcast possible. We take our podcast with the ongoing support of Raider and Jason Sikora, our sound engineer. Raider is a hands-on IT service provider that integrates all of your needs for advanced technical support, effective communication options, and cybersecurity. Raider's motto is, you just want it to work. We understand. Please visit RaiderSolutions.com for more information. Iberia Bank and First Horizon, who are now one bank. Two relationship-driven banks, both leaders in the industry, have officially joined forces. The combination of Iberia Bank and First Horizon creates a leading financial services company dedicated to enriching the lives of their clients, associates, and their communities. I'd also like to thank Lafayette General Health, who has joined the Oshner Health family and is now Oshner Lafayette General. As one health system, Oshner Lafayette General will provide expanded services and enhanced care from the familiar faces you already trust. Oshner Lafayette General means more resources to help solve healthcare's toughest problems, reinvesting in our communities, and being further committed to health and wellness. Oshner Lafayette General, together means more. Learn more today at togethermeansmore.org. Today, we focus on how 2021's workforce and employers are adapting in this post-COVID environment. We're proud to welcome Tessa Brown, Human Resources Manager for CCI Piping Systems, and Michelle Robertson, Vice President and Director of Talent Development for Home Bank. Close friends and talented instructors, they teach how to build a professional workplace with the right people and the right attitude all with a wonderful sense of humor. I met Tessa and Michelle when I was enrolled last year in the Small Business Development Center's Roundtable for Entrepreneurs class. And they taught us how to identify the right employees for your business, how to break down the myths of hiring and keeping employees, and how to set an appropriate culture for your business place. And before we begin, I want to say I'm forever grateful to the center's director, Heidi Malasson, for the direction her department gave me and for the opportunity to meet Tessa and Michelle. Welcome to Discover Lafayette. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. We're so excited. I wish I could express how much fun we've had <laughs> before we just started taping. And I'm glad we could do this in person. Yeah. I think your energy is contagious, but when you're together, it's even more so. Aww. You know, there's been a Thank lot you. of online things, <laughs> yes. and I'm ready to move on, aren't Me you? Too. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I am very pleased that we get to do this in person. Yeah. Agreed. It's a treat. Well, thank you. Let's first let you each um, take a turn and give your background. So maybe, Tessa, we can go first with you. Um, Absolutely. With your work. <clears throat> sure. So I am uh, Lafayette born and raised, an LSU grad, and so I was able to get back to uh, Lafayette, uh, working with my former employer who wanted to open up their human resources department, which I'd been working in the industry, and that was always a goal with that employer. And so they said, we're going to, you know, start you in the HR role, but you have to move back to Lafayette. And so I said, oh, well, you're twisting my arm. <laughs> so, shoot. Uh, shoot. So, um, so, and I just... My specialty really is being a human resources department of one, helping out small businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, I just have a passion for it because I totally respect 
a business that acknowledges, hey, we're at the point where we really want to keep taking care of our people, but keep making the right decisions for our business. And we need help with that. Right. So uh, I just love uh, being able to do that. And then my other passion, which I was able to do once I came back here is volunteer leading. I love serving um, the HR community. And I've done that with Acadiana Sherm here locally, statewide with our state council. And then I also do some things um, with the social media team for the National Sherm Organization. So I just love it. It's it's makes everything fun. It's obvious in what you do. And <laughs> I looked on the website for CCI Piping and I saw Gene Kazayu's picture. Is he yes. the owner? Yes. I know Gene and you his family. You know Gene? Yes. <laughs> Let me tell you. So um, there's nothing like a family-owned business. Mm-hmm. And the Kazayus are a great family. Mm-hmm. They are wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they are actually transitioning from Gene to second generation. Okay. Paul and Claire are uh, taking over the business. Mm-hmm. So um, that's another reason. Um, why they brought me in right at mm-hmm. the right time for that. I've, mm-hmm. I've been there a few years, but all in preparation for this for yep. Gene to enjoy his retirement Good. with confidence <clears throat> yeah. that we'll be back at CCI um, taking care of business. Great. So I'm excited. And it really, manufacturing is so different. I hadn't worked mm-hmm. in manufacturing before, so it fascinates me. And I love that yeah. it's different. They do some it. cool stuff. So. They do cool stuff. Okay, Michelle, why don't you give us your background, too, with what you do? So I am Alexandria, Louisiana, born and raised. Me, too. Well, not raised, but born. What? I knew we had something in common. Jan, I didn't know that. I know. Now I love it even more. So um, ULL brought me here 15 years ago, and I never went back home to live. Yeah. And uh, so interesting because I didn't have the traditional college tours with your parents. Mm-hmm. I was in computer lit class, senior year, applied at UL, never stepped foot on that campus, but I wanted something different. No mm-hmm. one from Alexandria thinks of South Louisiana. They're going to Louisiana Tech, right. Northwestern, mm-hmm. ULM. So um, a classmate and myself applied to UL. We got in, and I am a diehard Raging Cajun fan, alumni. Um, I met a handsome Brobridge man, who I now call husband, and we are never leaving South Louisiana. I tried. (laughs) We're not leaving. And so I I don't even get you to plug Lafayette. You know, that's why I do this podcast. Yes. Talk about all the good reasons That's people right. should be here and work here. But if you perfect. are listening, find you a handsome Brobridge man, <laughs> and you'll never leave because he'll love crawfish and festivals and music. Mm-hmm. He's not going anywhere. So right out of UL, my start was in the nonprofit sector. I've done everything from uh, working at Acadiana Shelter for Girls um, with this at this beautiful home on the north side of Lafayette. And that was so rewarding. I've worked at Big Brothers, Big Sisters. I have under Betty Blair, who was there forever. Mm -hmm. And I help people with disabilities find jobs. And that's kind of my professional start in Acadiana. And all the while, you're searching for what is my calling? What's my purpose? Mm -hmm. I didn't even have the language for talent development or adult learning or professional development. But I soon learned. And when I learned, it was over. And yeah. so I'm doing that now for Home Bank, but I've done it for Our Lady of Lords. I've done it for um, a corporate training center here um, in Lafayette. And I just love what I do. I love when the aha light bulbs go off during development and to just genuinely help people. It's nothing like it. Would you define what 
talent development is. Because yes. I, I was looking at a another podcast somebody was doing, and it was a talent development yeah. director for Oshner, and I thought, what? What yeah. is that? So you've heard of this before. This is just a revamp to training and development. Okay. Or organizational development, learning and development. Guess what? All the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's all the same thing. So you're taking existing employees and teaching them tools for the job. That or- is correct. The caveat is that it's more than just training. Emphasis on the development. So if that development doesn't come from an instructor-led training, it could come from a self-created job aid, a conversation, coaching, consulting, or some other partnering, mentoring, Mm -hmm. other than training. And so the industry had a reboot maybe in 2014 or so. I'm a part of a national organization called the Association of Talent Development. They used to be called the American Society of Training and Development. Okay. And they did a big reboot and everyone in the industry fought it and thought, what are they doing? Mm -hmm. But now we're settling into it so well because it's still training. It's just training plus. And so I love that. I'm all about the holistic development mm-hmm. of people. And yeah. her bank's pretty big. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of talent to develop. It huh? is, about 460 <laughs> yeah. folks. Right. And uh, Home Bank is so prime for development. They are interested. They want it. I get mm-hmm. to be creative. Yeah. It's so fun. I'm such a nerd. You like John Bordelon? I love him. I saw him this morning. both of your bosses. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. We were getting coffee this morning. He's wonderful. Yeah, he is great. Yeah, we go to church together. And oh, he's I love a it. Great guy. He cracks me up. Yeah. <laughs> So you two have been working together, putting on these classes for, did you say you started in 2014? It seems like that's a year that a lot started happening. Yeah. Am I right on that? 2014 is more of my professional start okay. in talent development. Okay. Tessa and I used to work together at a corporate training center Oh. where mm-hmm. Tessa was that HR department of one, mm-hmm. and I was the instructor. You hit it off from the beginning. Yeah, it's so funny. Our, st- <laughs> our story is so funny. That's why she's well, laughing. Well, <laughs> hit it off. No. Oh. But we grew into it. No, it's funny. It's a great, funny start. Tessa has always been phenomenal. She was too phenomenal. And I thought, hmm, no one's that nice. <laughs> she is. Spoiler alert. <laughs> she is very That's awesome. Sweet. Thank you, Michelle. Um, and we hit it off soon enough. Mm-hmm. And we've been friends since 2014 and combined her HR knowledge with my developing people. She likes to develop mm-hmm. people, too. It's just yeah, in a different absolutely. way. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. When we were sitting in the Small Business Development Center, mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess, I don't know how many of us were in that class. Maybe... Mm-hmm. 12 to 15? Maybe so. It's yeah. not too big. You want to be able to sit Correct. around a table. And we all came from different backgrounds. Right. But yet your topic was so right on. Yep. You know, some one guy had a little churro place in the mall. Yep. Yep. I was there as an attorney trying to learn how to yep. start and launch my podcast. There were all these all these different people. One was a, a woman who worked um, out of town. She had a psychology, like she's yep. a psychologist, trying to grow her practice and yep. learn how to attract other social yep. workers that could work with her. We all kind of came from different backgrounds, That's right. but we had the same yep. needs. And most of us were like, yes. you know, we're working hard, yep. not necessarily reaping all the financial rewards Correct. yet, yep. but we also needed a good base. Yep. Mm-hmm. Especially like I don't, I work by myself, but a lot right. of them were managing employees. That's right. And it's not easy That's if you right. don't have a, a good understanding of what to do and how to set that workplace culture. I agree. I agree. I I was talking with someone yesterday and uh, I was saying that same thing. You know, um, I work work now for a small manufacturing company, but it doesn't matter if you 
or with that company or you're with a Fortune 500 right. um, large company. People are people. Yeah. And um, HR folks get tired of calling people the resource. Right. But you're, the company is made up of people no That's matter right. what the size. And once you get that right, once you focus on that, once you develop that talent, then then sky's the limit. Yep. You can you can make it happen. So that is why um, my passion is people. Yep. Um, not just because it's where everyone spends most of their day, but man, if we could if we could get this right, if we could get a great workplace mm-hmm. for everyone that has to go to work every day. Yeah. Yep. Look at all the amazing things that that we could do, and in that group was trying to get it right. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is. That group was a room full of subject matter experts on the babies y'all were trying to grow. Mm-hmm. Y'all had great ideas. Mm-hmm. That's what you know about. Right. Growing the people thing. That's mm. the, and, and that's where people stumble. Right. Um, but that's why. I agree. Yeah. Michelle and I can help you out. And I think that's what's so cool about what Tessa and I do for a living. Uh, human resources and talent development is transferable to any industry, which mm-hmm. is why I can move from healthcare to banking and Tessa mm-hmm. from corporate development mm-hmm. to manufacturing mm-hmm. because people are people. Right. And my personal tagline is I develop people who are responsible for developing the business. There is no business without people. There is no Discovering Lafayette podcast without mm-hmm. you, the person. When Whenever I'm teaching and someone says, well, Chick-fil-A is so awesome with customer service. It's not. The people at Chick-fil-A are really great. And it's the people who make your kids feel welcome. It's the people who mm-hmm. prepare your food. And they make that brand meaningful. Mm-hmm. And so if, if the people are that invaluable, you really better invest some development in them. And I always say that once you put the name badge on, you have the jersey, you're on the same team. Mm-hmm. And Home Bank has this this one team philosophy that John really champions and get behind. And I love it. One team. You put that badge on, you enter the doors. We are one team and we could make it or break it for any customer. Well, I was thinking, you know, you go into a bank and you have one bad experience That's because right. somebody's having a bad day. You really, I mean, you know, that's how people change their loyalties. Absolutely. And they can go to any other that's bank right. or any other type of business. It's that's not right. just banking. That person becomes the, the whole that's company. That's it. You'll make it or break it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if I was a teller at home bank and I was having a bad day and I was being rude to you, Jan, your sentence will not be Michelle at home bank was not nice to me. It would be those people at home bank are so rude. You have mm-hmm. one interaction with one person, the entire enterprise mm-hmm. will take the hit. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's too crucial to not develop people or um, to not engage them. So that's what makes our work so meaningful. And I love what Tessa said about that group. Um you were talking about the diversity. One guy owned a cleaning business. Mm-hmm. Um, white glove, something I believe. He's very nice oh, to talk yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was super mm-hmm. engaging. I can't think of his name. He gave me It'll his card. To us, yeah. If you're listening, see, I remembered your business. So <laughs> Mike, Mike, yeah. So you got someone cooking in the mall. You got mm-hmm. white glove. You're an attorney. There was another consultant, mm-hmm. Betty Richard, who's awesome. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. all Financial of this, Sean Adorian yep. was a part of that group mm-hmm. who is a trainer as well and right. consultant. And they know that stuff. 
But just like if we were CPAs, they don't know the numbers. They don't know the people. And so I love that that roundtable took some time to bring in people like Tessa and I to say, we are the biggest nerds when it comes to developing people. Let us tell you everything you need mm-hmm. to know. So, mm-hmm. And the good thing about it is if you can set that good workplace culture, yeah. not only do people want to come to work and do a great job, but they can go yes. home then and be happy yes. and not yes. carrying that burden of... <laughs> You know, because an early job I had, young and like as a young person yeah. in my career, I, I was miserable, yeah. and I ended up getting sick with allergies, and wow. um, I think part of it was the building. It was a big building, didn't have good ventilation, but I just stayed sick. Yeah. And as soon it was during the oil and gas crash, oh, and as soon sure. as I left, because everybody, you know, like people were out of work because yeah. we didn't have any oil and gas work anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I just miraculously felt better. Yeah. And I, it was, yep. it was the, I was yes. carrying around things I didn't need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I wasn't brave enough just to say I'm in the wrong position. I need right. to go. Right. You know, cause it wasn't going to change for me, but yeah. I could change myself. That's right. But you guys can help make a culture better for everybody. That's correct. Yeah. That's, I agree. That's exactly right. And that is one thing that I, I, I'm really passionate about it there. And I know this, might sound too large, but I really believe that uh, a great HR team, a great leadership team, can, those experiences do affect that outside world. When when you take home your experiences from the day, that leaves an effect mm-hmm. on everyone else that you encounter. And the dog. And the dog, <laughs> right. The, you know? the kick the dog thing, exactly. Mm-hmm, yeah. And so if if we can make this great, Yep then we could make everything else yeah. great. Um, but uh, you have to prioritize it. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, and it and it has to be intentional. It doesn't just, you've talked about culture. Yes. Culture isn't, um, it doesn't just have, well, culture could just happen. Right. But if you were intentional, if you created and do those things that it takes to cultivate, yep the environment that you want, then that's, yep. a, that's exactly what right. will happen. We can do it. Right. And meaningful. I think intentional and meaningful. Mm-hmm. I can have the best intent and just put something out there to engage employees. It needs to be relevant and meaningful mm-hmm. engagement or meaningful development. Um, so you, you really need owners and CEOs who are genuinely invested and their people having the best experience. Because if you take care of your people, they'll take care of the business. Right. Right. Period. I want to get into the nuts and bolts of all this. <clears throat> Excuse me. But first, <laughs> I'd like to pause and look back at an interview that we did with a fast-growing company, uh, Vimed. We interviewed Casey Hoyt and Michael Moore. And you can hear this interview at discoverlafayette.net. And I think there's about 215 other interviews at this point. Um, (laughs) But Vimed actually is the largest independent ventilation therapy provider in the U.S. They're based right here in Lafayette. But a large number of their employees work across the U.S. And they're not managed in a traditional brick-and-mortar environment, which is pretty, I think, relevant based on what we've been going through with the COVID shutdown. So why don't we take a, a quick listen to Casey and Michael, and then we'll come back to our interview with Michelle and Tessa. We have 8,000 active patients today. Over the years, you know, we've had probably 50,000 patients that have come through our system. And to think about how many lives we've touched and, and, and extended and improved the quality of life, it's, it's one of those things that you wake up every day and 
You lose sleep at night over not what's going to affect this business. You lose sleep at night over the growth because how do we go grow more? Because the more we momentum we give to this business, the more lives we will save. And that's the way everybody thinks around here in this company. We're just a big batch of clinicians that are trying to help a lot of people fast. So when COVID hit, you really had to pivot. You are the largest supplier of non-invasive ventilators. Yeah, so we were called upon because we are a ventilator company. So, you know, hospitals, physicians, states looked at us as the ventilator company when really we were a company that treated patients with sick lungs. We just happened to have a lot of, you know, inventory on hand and relationships with manufacturers in order to get more inventory. So we were in a a perfect spot, um, not by design, but we were able to help, you know, probably 15 or 16 states that could not find a ventilator anywhere in the world let alone the country. And we were able to get them ventilators, get patients taken care of, and, and really manage the surge that so many people talked about and watched on TV as these numbers continued to, to go up. And you know, our ability to teach hospitals and even clinicians how to use various ventilators was really our probably our biggest strength. We made videos, and you know, in a matter of 48 hours, we had 30 videos, how to professionally assemble a ventilator, use it, deploy it in different circumstances and scenarios with different patients, different levels of severity. We made a library and I think we, you know, we had thousands and thousands of views and it was from all over the country and it was clinicians that were good clinicians but had never seen a home ventilator. But now all of a sudden they have to treat a patient in the hospital with a home ventilator that looks Welcome back to Discover Lafayette. So, in the intro, I mentioned that, you know, we're, we're coming back now post-COVID. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to share this with you. Some of my friends at the beginning of COVID that have pretty large companies, they were saying, you know, we didn't realize we may not need all this workspace. People can work right. from home. And then it seems like not long after, most of them said, you know what? I think we really need people in the office <laughs> so that we can exert quality control and maybe manage yeah. the team because maybe all the team wasn't working hard. Yeah. yeah. They might have been on the couch asleep at times when people were trying to get them on the phone. Right. And I, that's just in hyperbole. Yeah. But but if y'all could start talking about what you do, because it seems like whether it's COVID or post-COVID or pre-COVID, yeah. A lot of this is the work culture and setting expectations for employees. Yeah. I don't know who wants to jump in first on this topic. Uh, what Tessa. you said, what you described is <laughs> is so exactly what happened. And as I've been talking to other people in my HR community globally, you know, everyone was saying, oh, the world of work has forever changed. <laughs> we will never return. And I was sitting here... At, Lafayette, Louisiana, thinking, not so fast, my friend. So I was uh, so tired of hearing that. Oh. In March, we will, ne- <laughs> like, March was the start of COVID. We'll never go back. I'm like, wow, that's kind of early to call. <laughs> In March? March, maybe if it was December and it looked bleak, mm-hmm. we're never going back. This hey. was March 13th. Governor closes the schools. Work will never be the same. Work will never be the same. We're, we're not doing it anymore. It's over. And People changed overnight. Huh? People changed overnight. You can just move. So, look, the for me, the truth about it is sometimes and in some places, yes, that will be true. Um, but it won't be true for everyone in everywhere. First of all, like 
Rochelle was saying, um, intentional and meaningful, it just doesn't make sense for some organizations um, to keep that uh, way of work. Mm-hmm. And, and for some are finding that this is nice and we do want to keep it. It's going to save us money. All these other things. Right, right. What I think the challenge is going on right now, though, with folks that were on April 15th saying, okay, are we ready to go back? Are we good? <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Um, uh, they hadn't developed those tools to manage their team in person. Mm. If they took a good look in the mirror. So mm-hmm. good. They would say, I wasn't doing that great of a job in person. So I have no idea yes. how, how to, to do it remotely. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Those folks who were thinking that um, Judy wasn't doing anything but taking a nap from eight to five. Um, that was your belief because you're used to seeing Judy physically right. at her desk. Right. You have no idea if Judy was playing solitaire all day, every day. Exactly. From eight to five. You don't know. Because if you did, that means that you were engaging with her. You knew how she worked. You knew her work product. You you knew she was engaged with her work and you were engaged with her. Now that you can't see her, you're lost. That's not a good situation. So the real problem was not, do we really need a building? That, that, that wasn't a problem. The problem you needed to solve was, how do I make sure that I am engaged with my people and I know that they're engaged with their work. Mm-hmm. That was really the problem. And if I'm being honest, we did not solve that. Yep. How, is there a way to teach someone how to do that? Yes. Oh. Is that what you do for a living? Yes. <laughs> yes. Screaming yes. to the mountaintop. Yes. Michelle, how might we? I mean, of course you can. Of yes. course you can. It, it, it takes some willingness and it might be uncomfortable and it's different. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's not the way that many of us are used to doing it. And we mirrored what we learned. Exactly. Mm-hmm. A manager walks around with a clipboard and just checks some people. You know, you you just did what you it's it's performative. You know, you you did what you thought that you sh- a good manager does this. Yeah. And don't even get into the we promote good workers not good leaders that's that's the next podcast but um but that is what was going on and so we're finding people weren't necessarily leading as much as this is so good and i think they were terrified A, a leader has to see their people what do you mean i can't see them well how will how will i know that they're working how did you know before you didn't know before. No, I do. Um, it's so foreign. <laughs> and so the Association of Talent Development just produced this report. And it's um, or a white paper. And I served as a subject matter expert on this report. But the title was Virtual Management. Okay. A how-to for virtual management. So can it be taught? Certainly. And I think if we can take virtual off, people need to know how to lead. Uh-huh. You manage processes. You lead people. And it's you can lead them remotely. I lead a team and no one sits physically with me. No one. And so I have to trust in Metairie and in Baton Rouge mm-hmm. and wherever else that they are working. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you add that tagline virtual, the only thing that may change is how we engage. So where you used to physically come to the boardroom for a meeting, we're going to use a virtual meeting platform like Skype, Zoom, Teams, WebEx. 
um, we used to do fun icebreakers in person. So we're going to find some online icebreakers. It might be a house scavenger hunt. Mm -hmm. There are ways to pivot. And so, yeah. Or like, you know how like at the baby shower purse game? I never did that. I'm just saying. See? Creative. I love it. The baby shower purse game. Pull out your purse, some matches. And you're like, what does this woman have? Why does this woman have matches? (laughs) But she wins the baby shower prize. Yes, because she had it in her purse. She has it in her purse. Mm -hmm. What if you did something like that for work? Find something red and you run around your house. And, and you got to come show it on yeah, the Yeah, you got to uh, come show it. Mm-hmm. But if you did icebreakers in person, just do them do the same. I'm going to be doing a training for the Louisiana Bankers Association okay. this August mm-hmm. on virtual training. And they asked me to write up a description. And you know what I said in that description? Hey trainers, do not throw away your in-person techniques. I'm going to show you how to use those same in-person techniques and pivot them for virtual. Because people think you got to get in a different mindset, remote workers, virtual. Hey, hey, do the same thing you were doing. (laughs) Just going to do it a little different where I would talk to a human in front of me. I'm going to talk to a screen with a face. Same human on the other side. It's going to be fine. It's the same people. It's the same people. And it's the same conversation. It's the same conversation. The work didn't change. How we're doing the work slightly changed, but it's not a new world. Mm -hmm. For example, Zoom has been around forever. They're popular, more popular now, but Zoom's been there. Cisco WebEx has been there. Microsoft has been there. Now we're engaging with the tools. But if we're honest, I think... Virtual everything, remote everything is scary because to Tessa's point, if I was, if I thought, if I had a skewed vision of leadership, remote working didn't enhance it. It damaged it further. I can't see them. I got to talk to them all the time and now I got to micromanage them, but they would never call it that. It's, I got to know that they're working, but you Mm -hmm. never knew it when they were in the office Mm -hmm. in the same space with you. So they didn't hit a buzzer every hour. Exactly. Still here, you know, (laughs) report produce. Ding, ding. That didn't happen. So I think um, Tessa hit it. Willingness. And it's a mental shift. Mm -hmm. Just like how we keep saying it's the same people. You just got to pivot the work. If you say that to someone, they'll go, oh, okay. That puts them at ease. But Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure there's some employers that had employees that were marginal. Mm -hmm. And they didn't deal with it, like you're saying. And then now some of these people are at home. You You are reading my mind because I was thinking... (laughs) Not everybody's a go-getter. Correct. Well, and I I was thinking, there also needs to be a conversation with the employee. Yep. Your employees need different things. Um, Some employees gravitate to a micromanaging leader. Yep. They love that. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They love someone. They they need that Uh check-in. Was this good? Yep. Is, Is this what you needed? I've done half of the report. Can you please look at it yes. before we complete before I complete the rest of it? Um, and then others just leave others me alone. are please leave me alone. Yes, yeah, I I Don't come talk to me till I'm finished. And so there is a way to to prepare those people as well. You're you, right. You're you have to know what your employees need. If you have that um, employee who it won't work for them, right. Not seeing you physically every day. Figure out something that fulfills that need. Maybe you schedule a weekly virtual check-in. Or maybe that person knows they could have time on your calendar so they could at least hear your voice. They they need a check-in. Yep. Just do that for your team. Do the things that are practical. I 
am, I know this will be shocking, <laughs> I am a people-oriented Absolutely. person. <laughs> there were many employees that were like, please let the office open up. If given the choice, stay home or go back, I'll be the first one to go back. Right. Let me go back. Right. I, I need to see other faces. Well, it's that energy that you get when you're working Correct. with others in person yes. versus Zoom. Yes. Yep. And it's so easy to disconnect people, yep. or tune out, you know. And well, work is. with it. distracted and no one's calling you out. No one <laughs> says, your eyes haven't looked at the screen in about 20 minutes. You watching Friends? What are you, what, what you doing? You know, you, it's it's easy to, whereas in a meeting, you could mm-hmm. say, Jan, did you, what do you... Yeah. What, what, what do you think what, about that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so and you'll know I was zoning out. Yeah. yeah. And you know, mm-hmm. what if work was an escape for some of those employees? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. And they too. enjoy one. Yeah. I will tell you. Yeah. Um, so at the onset of the pandemic, I was sent home. I missed my commute. Mm-hmm. But I loved remote working. Mm-hmm. You know how something like Tessa just described, perhaps this person who please send me back. I was, please do not ever change this setup. Mm-hmm. I was so much more productive. Mm-hmm. So at the onset of COVID, I was working in healthcare that was rocking and rolling on a team of 17 people. And I was least productive in the office. Why? 17 people and the conversations yeah. and Phone the calls, impromptu meetings. And yeah. can you, hey, can you come over here for this? At home? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I woke up one time. I was at my laptop. I had my coffee. I'm in sweat. And that was okay. And it was so productive. Now, I was on way more meetings than anything. But I loved that time. But I would imagine after a while, I would have said, man, I sure do miss the team. Yeah. So mm-hmm. could my leader have done some of those things that Tessa said? And we did. And it was great. But I like what Tessa was saying. We kept saying, like, prepare the manager. The manager needs to shift the way that they're thinking. The employee does, too. Mm-hmm. Because now you run the risk of you're at home, sure, but you're during you're you're at home during work hours, during our work, getting a check from us. Mm-hmm. So I remember where I was working, I wasn't at home bank at the onset of the pandemic and it was a lot of a lot of leniency at first. If your small kids are there, no problem. School's yeah, just was, closed. Yeah. You don't have a planned parents. So yeah. oh well we're gonna pivot. Oh my goodness. If that's a word mm-hmm. we can just throw away for a second. Yes. Pivot was yes. like the twenty twenty. You gotta pivot, pivot, pivot. pivot. Mm-hmm. Then after a while, the messaging at my old company was, hey, parents, you need to find a place for your kids to go because technically you're at the office, but I'm at my house. You're being paid to do work. We wouldn't have your toddler running running around the office. They can't be interrupting the calls. It was so much grace given. Mm -hmm. And even that transition was so nice too. And some parents didn't understand it and thought it was unfair. And I'm not a parent, but I would tell my parent friends, hey, the company's really being fair. Mm-hmm. Um, if your kid couldn't come to the office, your kid is a nice distraction, but a distraction nonetheless, if we're in a business meeting. How did people work it out though? I mean, it was tough. It with had to be. Kids being out of school, you know, yes. they're in mm. school, but they're at home mm. and right. you don't have enough bandwidth for all the oh, people I, online. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that must've been tough. I tell you <laughs> as a parent, so this is, uh, and there wasn't a plan. Right. So at the first part. When they just sent everyone home. So we just made it up. And I had the Brown Academy of Excellence. <laughs> and Are you the dean? <laughs> I'm, I'm 
the head administrator and, and like my husband was the, the dean, you know? Wait, it's like, pl- plug your information with the website. <laughs> so, and they, and we shared the space. Yeah. It's just not easy. You know, and, and so, and they, they were right there. I'm, I'm at the, so we were all doing it. And then we all got kind of exasperated with that. So, you know, like she's saying, we transitioned out of that, but that is, you know, you, you had to figure it out but yeah. look and some other people as we were saying work was an escape for different reasons correct and so those folks had to figure that out and if i'm being honest some are still figuring it out right um so those folks who are still at home who needed to be at home or had to be quarantined at home or take care of someone who quarantined you had to figure all that stuff out mm-hmm. right and keep your job correct and keep your job now look for us at CCI, we're so fortunate. We, on that Friday, we were like, look, look, this is what it's looking like. We were like, okay. Our IT person was like, look, here's all we need to do. You do this, you do that. I have this all set up. Everybody go. And these people, nobody return until we say so. For us, it was just like, click. I went to... I went to Office Depot and got some of the supplies that I needed. They were mm-hmm. like, what do you make a list? Okay, looks good. Go. Go home. That's don't awesome. don't come back. You had, a, you had a webcam at your house? Your computer? I, that my, was hard. My laptop that was. Okay. And then that we couldn't was. get webcams for a this while. This was unbelievably... Well, we had to get one from my husband's office. Because right. he was using my computer all the yeah. time. I'm like, I, I need it. <laughs> exactly. You know, but we couldn't I get it. too. And then adults... I'm sharing my space with my kids. Adults were sharing space. Right. And, and then, you know, you had all of the mistakes of people walking around and back in the camera. <laughs> you, know, you know? Oh, yeah. I've heard those good stories. People, me too. People had People thinking their video was all off. That stuff Remember they were calling kids their co-workers? They're like, yeah. my new co-workers need lunch now so i gotta go yeah my new co-workers snack all yeah day. my new co-workers have eaten all the food <laughs> right. there's nothing left in the break room that was right. cute that was cute so they you make the most of it you mm-hmm. the, the best of it you know yeah. and, and figured it out you know some some people were having trouble with technology yeah. some people you know like you said, equipment wasn't available for a mm-hmm. little bit. That's I couldn't right. get my podcast equipment. I had That's to wait. Right. It, was, wait. it was rough. And yeah. connectivity. Because did everybody have? in the world was getting That's it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Did they have internet? Did they have broadband, right. high speed, right. blah, blah, tech. Space. Many oh, the, spa- yeah. the setup. Um, and someone brought up something very interesting that we never considered is that when people went home and you get on a virtual call, you're inviting people who you work with into your house. Yes. That was uncomfortable for some folks. Yes. Because my coworkers and I, we would laugh about it, that if we were on a virtual call, we looked at everything but the person. Look at, look, the look at that picture. That's a nice photo. Man, yes. look at that bookshelf. I like it. Is that her dog? Oh, the cat is in the frame, folks. Yeah, it's <laughs> lemon, you know, yeah. across the desk. Exactly. You know? So, but that's that's an invasion of privacy for some people, and that's uncomfortable. Yeah. And some yeah. people, and it was hard. They didn't open some. up willy nilly on virtual calls for a while, and even my proposal about the scavenger hunt game that's uncomfortable. Some people to go find these things around their homes, and what am, what if I'm self conscious about my house? What if I don't live by myself i live with a parent i live with a someone a roommate and i'm just Mm -hmm. like oh this is i just feel like i'm inconveniencing the people in my house for my job yeah it was uncharted territory so how are people handling it now i think they're really tapping into support systems because here's here's how i can see if we still have holes schools just closed one or two days this week and you can still see that people are still struggling on where does my children go Mm -hmm. When the go-to place during the day while I'm at work 
is not open. Right. It's still a struggle. So you saw people really create these communities and leverage family relationships in a way they haven't before. Um, some kind of bit the bullet and said, let me pay for childcare. But I think right. about your single parents mm. who have to do this by themselves, yeah. who believe it or not, everybody doesn't have good parental relationships and a network where they can go, oh, my daughter's going to my mom's. When it's just them, I found managers to be way more lenient, way more graceful. That's great. Because it's not a one-size-fits-all. That is when it worked. Yep. When people let go of their assumptions and engage. Uh, Michelle and I talk a lot about how we get stuck on the word, but our word for today is engage. When, when they lost that assumption, for me, it would have been very easy to say, hey, I can go to work in my nice setup office that already has the technology right. and the internet, mm-hmm. and I'm going to have my retired mom come home and bring my children into another setting that already has everything set up, and right. they are going to be um, tended for all day while I work, uninterrupted all day. That is not just a story, <laughs> but okay, that's one story. The other story is that you have a single mom exactly. with an elementary, junior high, and high school student. That's right. That high school student could help with the little one, but that high school student has their own responsibilities. Exactly. That they have to tend to. And so I, one size does not fit all. And wait, the little kid gets off the bus first. Right. So who goes and gets that kid off the bus? So now the parent has to choose between the check that provides for those three kids or mm. being there for their family. It, it was... It, Mm-hmm. It was some very um, unusual circumstances, and I love that the organization I was at at the time did such a great job saying, reach out to me one-on-one if you have a yes. extenuating circumstance. I want to hear about it. I want to support you. I want to help you. Yeah. Remember, in the beginning, it was grace, 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 and then it was, okay, here's the transition. In mm-hmm. two weeks' time, in two months' time, mm-hmm. start thinking of, but if you cannot afford that, I, so I was at Lourdes at the time. They were paying um, for child care for folks. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, how awesome is that? It didn't cover the whole bill, but it was, you can fill out this form and get a stipend. It won't last forever, but hey, Mm -hmm. we want to help y'all out. I thought that's how you show up organization. You don't fire Mm -hmm. them and say, well, man, she couldn't be here when I needed her. Or even we're saying she, he, he couldn't be here Mm -hmm. at the time we needed him. No, let's understand his situation. What organizational resources do we have to help? Because remember, we're developing the people who develop the business. Your hospital, your bank, your firm, your manufacturing company doesn't even exist without people. Right. And it's the same people. These people did not change. They want to provide the same work they did before. Yep. Mm -hmm. They were your your high performers still want to be high high performers. Yep. Now, like you were talking about before. Those low performers, those people who, eh, we probably could have got rid of them anyway. You need to be identifying those folks all the time anyway. Right. Um, and so, and you need to know what you're going to do with them. You need to anticipate. It, it is your responsibility as a company. I understand. I know business owners are listening saying, oh, yeah, they let the employees do anything they want. Right. That, that's that's what Michelle and Tessa would tell us to do. No, <laughs> no, 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 not at all. You make a plan. That's right. This is ideal. All right. We understand that not everyone can meet it. Let's work with you. Right. 
we also understand. And give them feedback. That's you're right. Not, you're not getting it. Correct. Like we've been doing this now for yep. two or three months. And okay, what's going on? Yeah, I agree. And then you also have some people who are not going to get on the bus. Okay, but l- listen, we're not going to be using the pandemic as an excuse for everything in the world. I agree. Um, why weren't you able to log in at a, oh, um, my alarm clock didn't go off. That didn't have anything to do with the pandemic. Right. COVID did not break Correct. your alarm mm-hmm. clock. Correct. You are not a high performer. We still have those issues to take care Correct. of. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, go ahead and take care of those things. We're not saying let everybody be willy-nilly. Right. Um, well, you were reading my mind after you read mine last time. I wanted to get into that. This leadership has to come from the top. Oh, yeah. The bottom, you know, the bottom workers can't, they can't change the tide yep. of um, the culture. That's right. So if we can get into that, because I, I, I'm really interested in that, because that's where your coaching comes in. That's right. Yeah. What, what should employers be doing, especially the top leadership, to set the appropriate tone for what's expected? And I'm talking mm. about everything from dress Mm-hmm. to uh, timeliness just to, expectations right you know. so sometimes I guess we think exactly. they should know oh, but people duh. don't everybody knows and you do this at not work not to wear the low cut well, shirt the, you know? yes <laughs> I mean seriously And but you, you've you already said it Jan mm-hmm. they should set the tone period mm-hmm. so perhaps the executive team should get together and say here is the situation they, they, they need to fully recognize the situation it's a pandemic mm-hmm. no one saw this coming mm-hmm. But it's here. We have to deploy some of our workforce, if not all of them, to work from home. What are our expectations? But mm-hmm. engage your people leaders. I don't expect the CEO to genuinely bullet list expectations. Who in the company could help? I don't mm-hmm. know. Human resources. <laughs> Wish we could find someone. Get your, get your people leaders together and say, hey, expertise, I pay you for this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the situation we're in. Here's what we need. How does dress code change or stay the same? You know, mm-hmm. if you were wearing company logoed shirts, do you really expect them to still wear them at home? And I'm not saying that sarcastically. You might. So say that. Mm-hmm. Um, what time do they need to log in? How will we know that? Oh, well, the same timekeeping system will tell us that. Okay, perfect. So we don't need to do anything new. So I just think there needs to be, I don't think it's fancy words, $50 words. Mm-hmm. Get an executive team together with their people leaders. And if you are an entrepreneur and you're listening to this, you could leverage people leaders from um, external consultants. Mm-hmm. You still don't have to become the guru in that. There are a lot of talent development consultants. We've named some from just a round table. Um who would be happy to say, oh, I can help you create a strategic plan for your remote workforce. Just like if I had to figure out a pivot for my finances, I wouldn't become a CPA. I'm going to hire the best and say, here's what I need. Mm -hmm. So I don't think you need to go and invest all this knowledge in that, but you do need to tap the resource and leverage it. COVID or no COVID though. COVID or no COVID. People need to do this anyway, right? I agree. Yes. Because I know, you know, at our law firm, Sometimes people would, like even a young lawyer that she's been long gone, but would just wear the most inappropriate right. shirts mm-hmm. right. under her little suit. Mm-hmm. Right. But it was like the push-up bra thing right. going on. And my husband right. was like, I'm not, mm. not going to talk about it. And right. I said, well, mm-hmm. I mean, she represents you. Exactly. It has to be said. I don't know what she was thinking, but it wasn't on the same wavelength. Correct. But once you let something go, it's very awkward to rein in. Yes. That behavior, especially it's not, if it's, it's a, not fair to the employee. I agree. They didn't. They will be just as shocked as they you will. You shocked <laughs> that they're coming in there, coming in to work like that every day. 
They're shocked that you let this go on for a year. Or they're shocked that you have a problem oh, the with the other it. employees, yeah. yeah. The other employees. Well, and I, so here uh, here's the Not perfect, the one that's doing it. Correct. Here's the perfect thing that could help clarify it. And this is why I laughed about Tessa and I start. So when I met <laughs> yeah, Tessa. what happened? Okay. I was thinking was she dressing like well, inappropriately? No, this, is, <laughs> this is a perfect segue. The first time I met Tessa. I am uh, hired as a professional development instructor. This is my lane. I facilitate. Mm -hmm. Tessa's lane is HR. She's the first person I meet at this company, and she's doing my orientation. Mm -hmm. It's a one-on-one orientation. We're in this nice big conference room, and Tessa is walking me through the employee handbook. Now, Jan, when I say walking me through, she read every single bullet out loud. I was like, I know she is not going to read this handbook. But here's what was so good. She was crystal clear on company expectations. Mm-hmm. Jan, crystal clear. So she would say, your workday starts at 8 and ends at 5. I so you, you show up before 8 to be able well, to open the door. Correct. Huh? So I said, <laughs> I said, okay. She says, do you understand what that means? I was like, you got to be kidding me. So oh, I was like, yes, woman. I do understand. She said, no, let me be clear. At 8.02, you can't be heating up your breakfast. I was like, I'm so happy she said that. I came from an environment where you could mosey on in at 8.05. You could socialize until 8.30. You can heat up your breakfast. That was normal. Mm-hmm. Because not the work for was Tessa. Gonna, not for Tessa. Not and for that's this what organization. That's what meant for your organization. Right. Yeah, because mm-hmm. she has the jersey on. It's not wrong. It's just different. That's right. So, so while she's on the team, that's right. she wasn't. And, that, and that's, that's why we laugh because I struggled so much like, Oh my goodness, does she think I'm silly? She, this is just Tessa. She's a very thorough, clear communicator. And she thought, let me set her up for success. Mm-hmm. And she was well aware of my background too. She was well aware. She was a part of my interview process at some point, And she was well aware that I came from a more relaxed, yeah. non-corporate, mm-hmm. non-conservative environment. I come mm-hmm. from that nonprofit world. Right. So I was transitioning from nonprofit to private sector, corporate America. Mm-hmm totally different environments Mm -hmm. even in attire and language and how we did scheduling and tessa man went through every bullet and even though she would read it plain she would say in our culture this means that and Mm -hmm. she wasn't being sarcastic she wasn't making fun of me this was her version of setting me up for success and you would have done that for each oh she did employee it wasn't just i did it for every employee because and i and i do it to this day i do it in a different way because it's a different environment different culture but i do it to this day because and i all and i'm so pleased that she said that because that is my statement Mm -hmm. my goal is to set you up for success here Mm -hmm. i want to be sure that you know what we expect of you and what you can expect from us right Mm -hmm. If that's clear from today, then you will be successful here. And your question, how do you make it happen? You just communicate it. Okay, it, pause. Should it be in writing then? Well, just well, like she said, that's what leaders should do. Mm-hmm. That's I'll, what leaders should do. Deploying you to work remote in order to set you up for success. Mm-hmm. Here are some of the expectations. I do agree it should be in writing. You do. I do agree that it could be verbally communicated. What if instead of it being this long, boring policy, you got your CEOs and entrepreneurs recording an engaging video? That's hey, workforce, something. Yeah. yeah, maybe some cool some music. music. Yes, yeah. and you get your marketing people to create nice slides some and go. Memes. I'm so proud of all the work. Yeah, the memes. I'm so proud that. of all the work that you're doing. Our organization's getting ready to pivot. Here are some things that's going to be the same. Here are some things 
that's changing. Give a rationale. Oh my goodness, this is big. Meaningful. Yes. Here is why the tellers still need to come to work. And here is why such and such might not. You, They need to hear that from the top. So yes. that it's not like, well, because if, if the CEO doesn't tell me the story, I'm making it up. Right. And it's never going to be pleasant. So good. So a video, that's still communication. Should it be written as a resource? So after the CEO says whatever he or she is going to say, you can also find supporting resources on our company's intranet. Here's Mm -hmm. where to find it. Boom. Here's everything I just said. Now, leaders underneath the CEO, your senior leadership team, your mid-level leadership team, at your regularly scheduled department meetings and huddles, can you please echo verbatim the same consistent message? And don't stop there when you still meet with them virtually. Can you make sure, hey, I just want to level set some expectations. Um, We're getting a little laxed on the tops. Let's make sure we're having appropriate work Mm -hmm. shirts Mm -hmm. on. I've been seeing a lot of pets. Mm -hmm. They can do that and they should constantly keep that going. So, you know, it sounds like someone following these procedures, that would be more likely than not a successful company. And I know you're both active with human resource groups and Mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. What what do you hear from your your peers? (laughs) Like, is this, I don't know that this is really the norm for people to be this organized, or maybe it is. I'm used to a small law firm. I mean, yeah. it seems like, you know, home bank would have to be more organized right. than maybe well, you would think. a small accounting firm or something. Right. But it would help all of us to be like this. But what do you Agreed. hear from your peers? Is this the norm? Um, no. I think expectations, for, I'm thinking of my peer group, some, some talent development folks, which we meet once a month. Mm-hmm. It, I think expectations are the norm. The company has said something about remote expectations, but I think it's a one and done, just generally speaking. And I think uh, virtual management engagement varies Mm -hmm. how well they engage them. But I will say this, I think expectations are the norm. And I think people are doing a great job leveraging technology now. They're not panicking about how do we meet with them? How do we engage them? Use Zoom, use Teams. Mm -hmm. Most companies have selected a platform, you know, like Twix, pick a side, left side or right Mm -hmm. side. Mm -hmm. Companies now have said, look, Teams is going to be the thing or Zoom is going to be the thing. Mm -hmm. That's huge. So that's one thing that is successful. But I don't think this organized, no. Like there's no message and nice video and constant check-ins. And are y'all engaging your workforce? I don't think anyone's checking in with the managers about their people. Well, in normal times outside of COVID, is this Mm -hmm. something, should this intentional workplace (laughs) culture be communicated throughout the year? Right. So so that's that's always the conversation is how are we, you know, the, the leadership team, you'll have that monthly leadership meeting and everybody walks out that room very proud of themselves. <laughs> Guys, we are rocking it. We're doing a great job. That's right. But does anyone leave that meeting and then have a huddle? With their own with team. With their own Correct. team. And, and share that information. Whatever is useful, needed. That's right meaningful to that group um in a way they can understand yes Mm -hmm. so is is that happening or are some people getting it right sure absolutely absolutely have tons of successful businesses are some people still getting it wrong yes Mm -hmm. or there would be you know it would be a utopia and Mm -hmm. um and everything would be running and gunning so are and and you also need to check yourself um what used to work great, right? where you thought you were communicating well, where you thought people were hearing the message, you may have had some turnover 
And mm-hmm. right. these this group of people that's kind of come in, they don't they don't hear the message the same way. Or you have a different leader who's not communicating. So you do some check-ins. Are are people doing it good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But can we do yeah. a better job of it? Yeah. Sure. I think our employees would say, yeah, because I think so. And if you ask employees, they would say, man, my man, I don't know what's going but on. But that's just it, Tessa. <laughs> We don't ask the front line enough. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, it, this this is not specific to where I work. I mean, the world of work. Yes. I, man, it is my biggest hope. I preach front line, front line, front line so much. Mm-hmm. Um, they like are, you said, they're the ones that actually represent the company. It. They are the you closest know. to the customer most times. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say all the time. Most times. Um, so I use this uh, football analogy. Um, I did a presentation for the Katiana Society of Human Resources and used this analogy. And it was about kind of like the world of work. The front line are the players on the field taking all the hits. They hear what competitors are saying because who tells them? The customers. I can get this cheap over there at Lowe's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're like, wow, mm-hmm. Lowe's has this better than us here at Home Depot. Mm-hmm. I used to work at Home Depot, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. So, um, so they, they can feel what's going on. They are in the game. But everybody else is in the game, too. They're just in the game another way. They don't really have much control over the plays that's being ran. They don't have much control on the uniforms they wear. They don't get to make decisions. Mm-hmm. You do what the coach tells you to do. Then you got your leaders on the sideline. They can see a little bit more of the field. They got to swivel their heads left and right. They have to engage other leaders. There's this defensive coach, and there's this, this kind of coach, and they got to know a little bit of everything. Then there's this person in the skybox. Mm-hmm. They see the entire industry. They know what mergers and acquisitions are coming. They know. They see way more than you can they're talking to way more people and normally if there was a decision to be made the skybox person and the coaches on the sideline are going to talk ask the players Mm -hmm. why not ask them Mm -hmm. and that doesn't happen i mean if Uh, in all industries and that's what i mean the world of work in all industries and so if a if a if you're an entrepreneur listening to this or you're a ceo and you're wondering i wonder what my workforce feels don't ask their boss Oh, no. Don't ask the leader. Because mm-hmm. you you could be asking a leader who has no great rapport or relationship with their team, and their word becomes law to you because that's who you're in right. a relationship with. But, man, they need to see the top way more. They truly need to. Mm-hmm. And imagine if a CEO got a focus group together of some random frontline people. Maybe you feed them lunch. You get them a little happy. You get them a little cookie from Gambino's. And you got your logo on it. And you're like, hey, y'all, thanks for participating. I just want to check in. How's it going? So maybe you've invited them to an in-person meeting. You allowed someone's kid to come because they used to be a remote worker. Mm-hmm. These kind of things. And they have to feel it's safe, though, Ex- to be honest. Oh, my oh my goodness. She's- it. Psychological safety. You know, I'm thinking. This is my soapbox. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, this you is. You don't want to get fired. We've you, been you know. on this for. We're about to start a company. Oh, yeah? I'm telling no, you. No, the three of us. Okay, we good. Listen. <laughs> that would be fun. Oh. Psychological safety is super important. Your employees have to feel safe. safe. Yes. Everybody talks about, you may have heard of, be your true self, bring your whole self <laughs> to work. Oprah's not employing them, though. You know? Okay. Oh, my goodness. People need to feel, even you think like somebody like Ellen. Oh, Ellen was letting everybody bring their whole self. Apparently she wasn't. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. So. We don't know that. That's we we don't allegedly. know that. Allegedly. 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 We will not cancel so, Discover Life. We sure won't. <laughs> um, so people need to feel safe when you're ha- if you're in that focus group and you're mm-hmm. like, hey, y'all, they guess who, 
who they going to invite to the focus group. That's right. I bet they invite Sally, Jane, and Stacy. The yes, the yes people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Everything's great. What are you talking about? Yeah, you know, all high it. performers, all lone tenured, mm-hmm. all bubbly and extroverts. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. all of them. Okay, so James gets invited. <laughs> but James is going in and he's thinking, he's looking around the room and he's like, these people don't want to hear exactly anything that I really have to say. So they're going to ask James, how are, things, how, how are the changes affecting the front line? Working fine, thank you. May I have two cookies? <laughs> And that's it. So true. So he, because he doesn't say, because the last time James said, hey, um, I noticed um, there's been kind of like a lag in how often we get our copy paper refilled. Right. So sometimes it's hard for me to get those reports sent out to my customers because I don't have enough paper. Really, James? Yep. Really? <laughs> Who is in charge of paper then? Y'all, you guys can't get it together enough. So guess what? James is not telling nobody That's about right. paper no more. Guess what? If you don't care enough about the paper, I don't care enough about the paper. So James is going to that meeting. You've now said, James, your opinion is valuable to us. <laughs> we're doing this focus group. Do you have enough paper? <laughs> For the first time in 15 years, we're yeah. going to ask you, how's it going? Um you you have to be willing to admit to yourself that James might not yet feel safe That's right. to be mm-hmm. honest with his feedback. Yep. And you need to engage with your folks so that they feel safe to tell you bad news first. I'm a big bad news first person. So make sure they feel safe to give bad news. Make sure they feel safe right. to give their crazy ideas. Man, you know what? If we went paperless... We wouldn't have to ever worry about paper anymore. Right. James is going to keep that to himself. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, so, but, but if you do the psychological safety, if you do oh, that I work, love it. I love it. <laughs> and James needs to feel safe to give the boss feedback about them to them. Mm. Yeah. And I think, and, and people think the CEO would be the wrong person to hold the focus group. And I think it's false. I think a CEO can create safety. He or she would just need to spend some time creating it, saying things like, I'm not expecting a consensus here. You don't have to agree with me. And even when they get group think going and consensus, the CEO should challenge him or herself. Now, can you do this? You were talking about James has been there, let's say, 15 years. Mm -hmm. never been asked what he thinks. It seems like it'd be out of left field to just start doing these things. Is there a way to build up to these sessions? Like, how do you massage the... The workforce. I think there's you know. there's no one right way. I think it's just approach. My approach, I don't think I would spend a whole lot of time doing all the build up before the focus group. I've conducted focus groups with complete strangers in an organization where I worked with them. And they know that I'm a part of the HR team. So it's automatic distrust. She's going to write us up. It's going to be mm-hmm. a part of our record. And I've built safety in 10 minutes mm-hmm. and then demonstrated it throughout the whole meeting because they're watching me mm-hmm. and saying things like you all will be anonymous your boss is not in this room. I make sure that your leader can't be in that focus group. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not behind a yep. They're not behind a curtain kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said I'll gladly show you my findings when I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. When I talk to your leader, I'm gonna say the consensus, not Jan said, Tessa said, and they sort of loosen up. Um, and then the more I go on, and I start giving commentary. So imagine the CEO says, James, what's not going well for you? Everything's fine. I know one thing. The paper takes forever to come. 
<laughs> things like that. And they're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then you, you got to ask those kind of questions. What's not going right? Mm-hmm. And say, um, I, I forgot what car company did something like this. I was reading it in a, I don't even, oh, Radical Candor. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, she, I was listening to this, the book being narrated, and she said, some car company did something for new hires where at the end of their new hire period, they had to stand in this like red square in the factory floor on the factory floor. And they had to say one area for improvement and they could not leave until they said at least Mm -hmm. one. Uh And if they stood there, they stood there. You cannot move out the circle without giving me a complaint Mm -hmm. because they were trying to teach radical candor. And so I think barring principles like that say, what's not going well here? And y'all, I'm really looking for something. You cannot tell me everything. I don't care how small it is. You can tell me you don't like the coffee creamers we select. Right. You got to tell me something. Mm-hmm. That creates safety. And mm-hmm. it breaks down. That's that, right. You, know, you do it small. Then yeah. maybe you build up to tougher stuff. Right. And you keep mm-hmm. reassuring them. Yes. I'm not going to talk to your boss about this. I'm not going to be mad. What could I do better as a CEO? Mm-hmm. I don't want to. Because people don't think it's their place to tell you that. Right. So the CEO would have to say, I know one thing. I don't really get a chance to get to know y'all like this. Mm-hmm. This is the first time that many exactly. of y'all have seen me, right? And you know, because he say what you know they're thinking. That's oh, that's so good. That's mm-hmm. how you build safety. Say mm-hmm. what you know they're thinking. Mm-hmm. And, and guess you, what? You can coach people on, you know, the leaders. You can coach them on, correct? You know, how to train them for success. Yep. Right, because that that CEO that that might be an, an uncomfortable, a comfortable position for him. He he would like to do it. He doesn't know how to. He's never done it. So right. he, he can get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you build the trust with them after that conversation, when you follow up. When yes. James gets an email that says, hey, James, um, can you send me two possible vendors for yep. a paperless solution? And James will go. That's right. Hey, interesting. That's right. But the very, very worst thing you could do. Is listen to all these ideas, hmm. have that focus group, yeah. and they never hear anything mm-hmm. from that again. That's and right. nothing changes. Even right. Stacy, Jane, and Alice, whoever I named, right. even they yep. will feel jaded. They'll mm-hmm. burn it for the rest of the organization. Oh, you got invited to the focus group? Psh, nothing's going to change. I'm going to give you a cookie group. or two. I've been James. Mm-hmm. I have totally been James, mm-hmm. where you feel weird for saying the truth. And it's not a hard truth, just your truth. Mm-hmm. And no one e- either acknowledges it, they don't do anything about it, or they'll highlight you like you're silly, you're an idiot. And so, and I'm an extrovert, and my my tale is I'll I'll become an introvert. Mm-hmm. I won't share a thing. I will shut down. To survive. Yep. I, oh, my gosh. We got to start this company. <laughs> So yes, excited. we talk. These are all the buzz. Yeah. We're such geeks. We we talk about these buzz words. It's I call it a shield. I'm gonna. Yeah. This yeah. is the shield. It gets heavy to hold it up because it's mm-hmm. a facade, and I need this facade to keep this job. But man, I'm raging. If they would just change this, if they would just listen to this, if if if, and you feel like you are isolated. You're a black sheep. No one's paying attention. And so you say, I'm gonna hold all of that. Then it's not valued here. But it's gonna come out in illness and. You know, psychologically, it's gonna too. come out yeah. in so, so many ways. Many mm-hmm. ways. Yep. <laughs> That's why you gotta be engaged. Yes. You have people who want to do good work. That's right. And um, surely, are there some slackers? And of course, right. But if they applied for that position, even the entry level position, 
that person is valuable and they want to do a great job. They want to be treated well. People always say uh, people don't leave a company, they leave their manager. Right, right. So they, they want to be great. They want to be happy at work. They want to be proud of the job that they're doing. Right. You know, I have a very high work ethic, but even someone with a low work ethic, they, they want to be proud of whatever they spent their time doing <laughs> <Exactly>. all day. <laughs> um, you know, so you you have to you have to figure it. You have to engage when you when you see somebody put up that shield and they're just surviving at work not producing and not engaged with your mission and vision and purpose. You got to see it. And if you don't know how to fix it, raise your hand and get some help. Mm-hmm. And fix I don't it. think they're the seat. Oh, this is what's so good. The CEO won't see it at the frontline level. And I don't think it's their job to see it at the frontline. You have too many tiers of leadership who's supposed to see it. Yes. It's too many checks and balances. That's unrealistic for the CEO to know what every player on the field feels and thinks. The guy in the box can't even hear them. Right. It's way up there in the box. Right. The coach can mm-hmm. see. The coach can hear. So if all this engagement talk, there's a responsibility of the CEO or the C-suite. But even if we go down a couple tiers, supervisors, managers, directors, you're cl- much closer to that group. Mm-hmm. You should see it. You mm-hmm. should solve it. Because yeah. if you build that safety, you'll, and then you got to be brave enough to talk about those concerns at a table where you have a seat where your team doesn't. Right. So you have to be brave enough to go, my team's really struggling with remote. We're not hearing from IT in a timely manner. We're not getting the paper that we need. Mm -hmm. But if you don't take those concerns, then I don't feel safe with you. So I don't feel safe with your boss. Mm -hmm. It's so many different tiers. In the interest of time, I I really could go on all day. (laughs) I know. know. Let's just start our firm already. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) As we close, um, is there something that you guys feel people, like, is there a takeaway that you always share with people when you teach your classes is there something we haven't discussed that is relevant (laughs) yes i got one takeaway folks and you're gonna crack up because this is our phrase emotional intelligence don't we love this yes what's his name goldman uh, Daniel Goleman. Right? Yes. Uh, I have that, I'm in the middle of another book he wrote, Focus. All things emotional intelligence. Yeah. Get your hands on it. Watch every YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Understand it at your core. Get some Brene Brown in your soul. Mm-hmm. Just understand it. Mm-hmm. I. It, this is not a leadership thing. It's a people thing. Mm-hmm. Emotional intelligence is, is simply being aware of how you feel, being aware of how others feel or perceptions of their feelings, and being able to communicate those feelings and manage them. In a mm-hmm. respectful way. In a respectful way. Mm-hmm. I can feel anger. Can I articulate that tactfully? And can I manage it? Mm-hmm. Um, those things. And, and you got to be a good reader. Read the room. <laughs> My goodness. Mm-hmm. Read the room. And I think his bottom line <laughs> is it's really not about IQ. Emotional no, intelligence no. outweighs no. the smartest person anytime. If oh, they don't have, absolutely. if they're clueless about how they Jan. are acting. Oh, how many know. smart people you know, you know they're like Albert Einstein right. smart. Right. They are difficult to communicate with. They're, they're short. Yep. You feel small around them. You, you think, my, they, my goodness, they think I'm an idiot. They don't have those, well, we call them people skills. Mm-hmm. Here's what we're saying. Emotional intelligence. They can't yeah. even see that you're offended. They can't read the room and go, man, you're, you're using $50 words in a crowd that doesn't, they don't have that degree. They don't have that certification. They don't value that And they're not dumb. You just don't know how to pivot your words for your audience. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would end with. Emotional intelligence resources are um, paramount. Start there. 
and you'll learn how to read the room. So if emotional intelligence is not a natural skill, you can learn it. Yeah, and his yeah. book is good, Emotional Intelligence. And he has a new podcast. Oh, does he? I just found out about it. So no, yeah, it's something worth checking out. Please do. I really like Daniel Goleman. Yeah. Any any closing thoughts? You think we've covered? Uh... You We've covered so much. <laughs> and the, the, the things that I, I, I usually wrap with, this is totally me, with, you know, giving some people hope. Look, we talked a lot today about engagement. We talked today about communication. Um, we, we talked a lot about our people. Um, I am flattered that I am fortunate that I get to work with people and help to make better workplaces every day. I love it and it's exciting, but we can all do it. We all have a, we all are responsible for a piece of that, large and small, as the employee and as the leader, as the owner. So um, know your part, do your part. Um, Give give people some grace. Mm, I Um, love that. Me too. Grace notes. Yes. That's it. How can people, if if they want to hire you to speak, uh, yeah, how, how can people contact you? Oh uh, we love LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn that's how we kind of. Yeah, we, I just need to say we were supposed to do this last March, <laughs> yeah. and Absolutely. then everything got shut down. Correct. Yes. But I, I reached out to both of you on LinkedIn. You sure did. So just Tessa Brown and Michelle Robert. Uh, yeah, Link, yes. LinkedIn, and I'll put that in my show notes. Yeah, that would be perfect. Like yeah. maybe links to our profiles. Um, mm-hmm. That's the best mm-hmm. way to reach us both. Okay. Mm-hmm. Would you say? Yes, that that'd be the best way to reach us both. I'm also um, I'm active with my HR community mm-hmm. um, on Twitter, and it's very easy. Tessa Brown HR. Um, very easy to find me there as well, but I would be just delighted to help people find solutions to yeah, what they perceive as or just strategize. Problems. I love to just strategize and brainstorm. Um, I also have a website as well, uh, www.michellerob.com, where you can learn a little bit more about me. But I, I'm on LinkedIn. Okay, yeah. and Michelle is spelled M E. That's correct. C-H-E-L-L-E. It's a little different. I like right. that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you both. Um, Tessa Brown and Michelle Robertson. I, I really get so much energy when I'm Yay. with you. And I want to thank you for making time today on this rainy Friday. <laughs> We're taping us. at lunchtime. You miss lunch. <laughs> and I want to thank our listeners also. Thank you so much for your support. And I'd like to acknowledge our generous sponsors, Iberia Bank, which is now a part of First Horizon and Oshner Lafayette General. Thank you for your continued financial help. And of course, Raider, and in particular, Jason Sikora for mixing this tape. And please visit discoverlafayette.net. And if you haven't done it yet, subscribe. You can go on your phone and just click that purple podcast icon. We'd love to have you subscribe to Discover Lafayette. On behalf of the show, I'm Jan Swift. Thank you. Thank you.